going on, Chico Sports Fantasy Football listeners? You got Stevie P today, and we have a special guest on today. We have Josh Costner. Uh, Josh comes from, I've actually been a part of his Facebook group for about a little over a year now, Fantasy Football Advice Forum. And you can find Josh on there, hit him up and ask him any questions. He's great with answering questions. He'll get to all your questions and give you all that, you know, wonderful knowledge he has. So what's going on, Josh? Not a whole lot, Steve. How about yourself? Ah, same old man. So why don't you tell everybody kind of like what you do and uh, how you got into fantasy football? Basically, I started about 14 years ago. I used to help people beat the bookies and Vegas. Um, I used to bet a lot around my town just for fun. I got barred, uh, so I got started playing fantasy football. Love it. Love it. Really helped me fine-tune my knowledge. Um, but really and truly, I am here today to talk some uh, sleepers and some Joe Burrow action. I know he was the number one pick this year in the draft. This guy threw an incredible 61 passes on Thursday night, which – with no interceptions, which is the first time a rookie has done that since 1950. There you go. I told you guys, full of, full of knowledge. So you guys are going to enjoy this podcast. This is definitely going to be uh, an informative podcast that you guys will enjoy. So let's get right to it. Do you have uh, any sleepers, any guys that you want to break down, things that you might think, you know, guys that could help some of our listeners to maybe, you know, stash away just to make them, you know, make them maybe feel a little bit better about guys that they could stash and hold on to and not get rid of right away. I do. Number one on the list will be Drew Sample. The Bengals drafted this guy last year at number 52 overall in the second round, and this guy is phenomenal. He was primarily a wide tight end in college. Great blocking all there. He needed to polish out his route tree, get the hands together, get in the playbook. But this guy, now that C.J. Uzoma is uh, out, is looking phenomenal. He came in for Uzuma on Thursday night and had a pretty intense stat line. He's got the quick twitch. He's got the athleticism. He's got the straight line speed. He's looking to be a pretty complete tight end for the Bengals. I look for him to start next season immediately, but for the rest of this season, he's going to kind of fill up. Greg Olson-level type production, so look for him in your 12-teamers, your PPRs, anywhere where you're desperate for a tight end to. Yeah, I definitely agree. After watching... What we saw from him on Thursday night, you know, not I wouldn't say I knew too much about Sample until actually what happened Thursday night. I started looking at him a little bit more. But, you know, after seven catches, 45 yards, definitely an interesting guy to to look at. Now, there was 61 passes thrown in the game. So, you know, you have to take that into account. But still, he, you know, when it was getting to crunch out first downs to try to move the ball to score in that last scoring drive where they threw that touchdown to Tyler Boyd, it was definitely, you know, sample that they were using to get those first downs and you know he was getting open quickly so it's definitely a a situation that I liked and uh made it very interesting you know in my you know little stash in my brain to think about hey this okay I gotta check this guy out oh yeah he's gonna fill Uzoma's shoes beautifully and uh then some I think the Bengals are gonna use some more two tight end sets Burrow is doing a great job uh last week we saw him try to put the team on his shoulders a bit Exhibited some great leadership qualities, some great intangibles. He's really got that it factor that the Bengals have been looking for in their number one quarterback. So where I'm looking for him to improve is going to be his long ball. He is lacking there. He's overthrown A.J. Green, underthrown A.J. Green. His production is going to continue to suffer as a result. However, Sample and Boyd are the guys that are really going to benefit from this most. 
And I think that's going to continue. And I think that uh, especially this week against the Eagles coming up in week three, we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets, you know, help with the run game, get some blocking up front and uh, try to get this pass attack going. But really, we're not going to see Burrow probably improve on that long ball until I expect next season or the season after. Then I, I suppose he'll probably do beautifully. Yeah, I agree. And they do have some long speed guys on this team. So, I mean, with the way this offense is built right now, you would expect that they're going to try to eventually figure out this offensive line. This offensive line was horrible on Thursday night. You know, it was it was not making many holes for the running game. And Burrow was running for his life for half of the game. So, you know, looking at he that, was, what did you think about that? On a positive note, he was averaging over five yards a carry. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, for me, like what you said about Thursday night, I think what I saw was a very mature quarterback at a very young age. You know what I mean? Especially on that second drive, you know, bank, the uh, bank, I mean, the uh, Cleveland Browns go down score, you know, basically effortlessly. And he came back and brought that team right down, scored a touchdown, stay, you know, to stay with them. You know what I mean? He made a couple plays in the game where I saw him, you know, seeing a pass rush. He stepped up, he kept his eyes downfield, especially that last touchdown to Tyler Boyd. You know, he was, he was getting rushed. He started thinking about going for the run and most, most quarterbacks, not just rookies, most quarterbacks will get that rush coming. And instead of keeping their eyes downfield, they kind of want to look at, you know, where anybody else is coming from and they're not keeping their eyes downfield. And this kid showed that he can keep his eyes downfield while running, and he made a beautiful throw to Boyd in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. So there was a lot of good here, you know, in this game. But then, you know, there was a little bit of bad too. Absolutely. I totally agree, Steve. Really, the thing is with Burrow, he, he can really improvise. He can adapt. He can run. He's got pretty much everything going on for him. I really want to see him improve on that long ball. Because what we're going to see coming now is that secondaries are going to creep up on him and try to make him hold that ball longer. They're going to try to make him run. They're going to challenge him to throw that ball down the field and see where he can go with it. And if he can't, it's going to be pretty tough sledding for the Bengals passing attack down the road, yeah, especially yeah. in the top-tier defenses. Yeah, and teams with good pass rushes are definitely going to give this team issues. Um, you know, we saw – and really, the first two weeks of the season, I mean, let's, let's be honest, it, they went up against two of the better pass rushing teams in the league. You know, Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett is – you know, they're one of the best duos in the league. So, you know – with the pass rush that they were getting these past two weeks, I, the Eagles with Brandon Graham, we don't know if he's going to play next week. Right now we know he's not playing this week. Uh, if Brandon Graham is out for the Eagles next week, I think he eases up on the pass rush a little bit because the Eagles without Brandon Graham are not the greatest pass rushing team. You know, they have Fletcher Cox in the middle, but he's not the greatest of pass, you know, pass rushers. He's more of a run stopping guy, just a huge body in the middle that takes up two defenders. And, you know, he's just super hard to defend that, which is why the Eagles are so good against the run, because, you know, when you got a guy like Fletcher Cox that takes two guys to block on almost every single play, you know, it allows linebackers and guys like that to make plays so i would like to see how burrow does next week especially you know the eagle secondary we already know is not the greatest they do let up some long balls against especially last year i do think they've gotten better with darius slay and you know the additions that the eagles have added to this team but i, I want to see how burrow plays next week before before i make that fool he's not going to be able to throw deep because like i said he doesn't right now he doesn't have the time very true. He had a really nice one in week one, 
pretty much dropped it left side of the end zone right there at A.J. Green's hip. It was a beautiful throw. It just wasn't there. A.J. dropped it. He had the defender in his way a little bit. But I'll tell you, it's going to come around. It's going to come around. But this year, I just don't see A.J. Green putting together a decent season between his injury risk and history and Joe Burrow just not wanting to push the ball down the field. It's really going to be tough for him. So until then, we're really going to see guys like, you know, your boys, the tight ends and stuff like that really continue to eat here. I hear that. So and watching the game, um, I wanted to get your take on what you thought of T. Higgins in this game. Um, I'll kind of go first if you want, and then you can kind of tell me yeah, what you thought. Absolutely. So uh, I thought. T. Higgins was actually playing a little more mature than I expect from a rookie wide receiver. There was a couple of plays that I actually noticed that I, you know, I marked down that. So Joe Burrow, like I said, he was getting rushed all game. Miles Garrett was after him. There was this one particular play, I believe it was in the third quarter, where you see T. Higgins. He's supposed to be going on a crosser, you know, underneath. He takes the ball. He starts going underneath. He sees that Joe Burrow is in trouble and cuts to the outside, like. As soon as he notices it, he cuts it to the outside. Normally, wide receivers, especially rookie wide receivers in the league, they'll continue to try to do their route, and you you catch them thinking. You know what I mean? Like you can tell they're oh, thinking, yeah. like, "Am I supposed to be doing this?" You know what I mean? And I didn't see that with T. Higgins. I saw a guy that okay, I see my quarterback's in trouble. Let me get in front of him. And I actually really like that about this kid. So, what did you see in the game that you you know if you think T. Higgins could be something, or you know if you liked him at all? I really like T. Higgins. I've been watching him since high school. He's a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, he did really well in Clemson. I'll tell you, I have to say, I think Justin Ross is a little better than he is. But T. Higgins played very well. I think A.J. Green's time in this offense is pretty much done. We're going to see him move on in the next year or so. They might get him back on a cheap one-year prove a deal or something like that. But honestly, you know, pastures may be greener for him elsewhere. I hear that. I hear that. So was there anybody else in this game you want to talk about? Anybody that you saw that, you know, you think could be a, a sleeper or, you know, is or you just want to move on, start going to other sleepers? What well, do you want to do? I like how they're using Joe Mixon more in the passing game. That was delightful. Uh, we'll see how much they start to implement 12 personnel more into their game plan um, and move these uh, tight ends a little further up the waiver wire for people. But I'm telling you guys, in your PPRs and your 12 teams and whatnot, if you're missing a tight end too – now is the time. Go get sample, whatever he's going to continue to eat. He's going to improve week to week. Yeah, definitely. And if this team is as bad on, as bad as stopping the rush as they have been in the past couple of games, they could be in a lot of shootout games. So you could see Joe Burrows, you know, having some high passing totals, you know, in, in, in the season to come. Oh, yeah, which is good. Hey, more material for us to work with. You're not lying. You're not lying. All right, Josh. So you have any other guys that you uh, sleepers? You know, I know we talked about a couple, so I'll let you. I'll let you have the floor, and you bring up some guys, and we'll kind of have a conversation about them. Why not? I want to touch on Tampa Bay real quick. I know OJ Howard has taken a lot of leagues, but I'm telling you guys, that is going to be Tom's tight end in that offense. Early sign you can tell is when Tom's in trouble, like he used to do with Gronkowski back in New England on those third downs and whatnot. He's going to look his way. He's got a lot of trust in him. Mike Evans had three blown assignments in the third quarter alone i believe last i saw he's not quite on the same page with tom new team you know with all this COVID, we didn't really get a good training camp in or preseason or anything like that so they're still rounding into form but tom really has displayed a lot of trust in this guy as well as scotty miller um i know he's taken a lot of places too but grab him this week if you're needy uh we're applicable because he is going to eat this weekend with godwin 
Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so Kevin has been a, a big advocate since basically the beginning of August for Scotty Miller. As soon as we heard that Tom Brady uh, was working with Scotty and, you know, like, like, you know, seemed to have a rapport with him very early, they were saying. Uh, so Kev really liked uh, Scotty Miller. And I agree. I think Co- Scotty Miller is a guy that, you know, he kind of fits the Tom Brady type of underneath receiver that can get open quick and, you know, makes, you know, the right decisions. It's just, if you saw the game last week he had a couple of plays where one particular play where he actually had the wider you know the cornerback guessing a little bit and took off upfield Tom saw that immediately threw the ball right to him you know I think they are starting to build a very good rapport between those two guys I also agree with Joe with OJ Howard um OJ Howard was a guy I was you know anybody you guys know on the podcast that I was a huge advocate for for OJ Howard last year. I just believe in the kid's talent. You know, I mean, he's got the size, he can block. You know, what I mean, he he basically is a guy that I love at the wide receiver. You know, at the t- tight end position. And you know what I saw this weekend is Tom Brady definitely trusting him when he threw him that touchdown pass. You know, what I mean, Tom saw him. last year, Jameis Winston wouldn't have seen him open there because, you know, Jameis Winston just didn't have that same rapport that Tom Brady seems to have already with OJ Howard. And we saw what Gronk looked like to me. Gronk looks, he looks old and slow and beat up. And honestly, the very first time he touched the ball, if you noticed, he got tackled low and it almost looked like it just completely tore his heart out. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. He got tackled low and it looked like, oh man, I'm going to have to deal with this all season. I held my breath for a minute. Yeah, man. I really did because, you know, like we have seen that so many times. Gronk is just such a big dude. Like, what are you going to do? A six, seven, you know, 260 pound guy. Like, you just got to chop his legs. Like, he's just too big. And, you know, he's just too old to be taking those hits. You know what I mean? I So I felt bad for Gronk, honestly, last week. He really is. They've pretty much been using him as an inline blocker right there at the wide tight end spot. And it looks like they almost might start using a lot of 12 personnel also. I mean, they really have the team build for it. So you might see Howard, some Godwin over there, and then see how see O.J. Howard right there. And Gronk might function as a decoy here and there. But Howard is going to get the meaningful targets. He's going to get the looks when Brady's in trouble. It's more of a McDaniels habit not to really display a lot of that until later in the season in the playoffs and things like that. But, hey, man, if the Saints get an early lead in this division, it's going to be guns blazing in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so what else you got, Josh? Who else you like? Let's see. I want to tell people not to give up on Brian Edwards, please. I know he was in there for about 75% of the snap count, which is crazy. Probably beat all rookie wide receivers right there in that category. But he only had one target for the immense amount of talent and physicality that this young man possesses. He only had one target. But I know that was mostly the run-based game plan. But running into the teeth of the Saints defense this weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if that changes, especially if Drew Brees and the Saints take an early lead on him. I completely agree. I've been a big component, you know, proponent for for him for, for Edwards also uh, in the offseason. I like Edwards. I like what I see him. I, I mean, he's a big guy. He's physical. He can catch the ball at the high point. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of things from this kid that I saw in college that. I thought translated really well. And if you talk to, you know, a lot of scouts, a lot of scouts were saying, you know, they had a first grade, first round grade on him. You know, the injury really is what dropped him into, you know, the later rounds. He goes in the fourth round, you know, into the Raiders, the Raiders, uh, they've been saying it all camp. When you talk to, to, you know, when you listen to what the Raiders are saying, they're, they're saying they love this kid. This kid has all the attributes of a, 
number one, you know, wide receiver. So he looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. So, you know, I completely agree. I I think the kid has like super potential and this is going to be one of those situations where I felt the same way. uh, What was it? Two years ago when um, DJ Moore and um, Uh, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley, that's who it was. DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. So those two went and if you guys remember, the first couple of games were terrible. Like, they, you know, they just did absolutely nothing. And I was like, hey, listen, guys, just don't give up on them. Just give them a little bit. And Calvin Ridley just <laughs> took off. People were like, oh, yeah. yeah, Calvin Ridley took off. People loved it. And, you know, I feel the same thing with you know, Brian Edwards. You know what I mean, it's his first game in the league. you got to let these guys play three or four games before you make a decision. If you drafted a guy and you have a confidence in the guy, give them three or four games before you drop them. Like a lot of people drop them. And then guess what? You're basically just gifting someone else a really good player because you just didn't have the patience. So, you know, in your small leagues where, you know, you have two or three bench spots, I've seen that in some leagues, which is crazy. You know, obviously you might not be able to hold on to Brian Edwards, but in your leagues where you have six bench spots, keep this kid. Trust me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all saw how Gruden's going to run this thing in game one. I mean, the offense is really geared around Josh Jacobs now, but that's pretty easy to spot game plan wise. I mean, when, when we're coming against a team like the saints here, who really have a tough run seven, uh, and I mean, uh, a tough run seven, you're probably going to see a lot more of the passing game. I mean, I know they're without Michael Thomas and whatnot. They're going to make up with that for Sanders, especially Jared cook going against his old team. He's going to have an excellent game this weekend. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, but I really look for Edwards to try to improve upon that performance. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like you said, it could this could be a game where the, you know, the Saints even without Michael Thomas could jump jump on these Raiders on Monday night, you know, get to a 14, you know, 10, 14 point lead and then the the Raiders start saying, "You know what? We we're not able to run." You know what I mean? They're bottling up Jacobs. We need to start figuring out some passing. And, you know, Brian Edwards could see a whole lot more targets than just one this week. Oh, gosh, they're going to hit Waller out the wazoo, and you'll probably see Jacobs on a few wheel routes. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you got anybody else, Jazz? Oh, off the top of my head, I want to say Dynasty. Don't forget about your Devin DuVernay. Uh, of course, love this kid out of Texas. I mean, he is going to be the truth. I mean, should something happen to Hollywood Brown, you might see uh, some flashes of him this year. But it really is going to be more of a 2021 candidate for a breakout for me but that's it for me today steve all right josh i i agree devin duvernay is a guy that i i like coming out of college and i agree definitely a guy in your dynasty league stash him don't you know don't give up on the kid i know he's not getting the opportunity might not get the opportunity this year but you know don't don't give up on the kid he's got he's got talent all right, Josh. So thank you very much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. We are going to have Josh back on the show. Uh, he's going to do an entire show with us. This was kind of a special because we're working around his schedule. You know, he wasn't able to go during the week. So we decided to do a special podcast just for him to get him on so you guys can meet him and, you know, get introduced to him. And he's going to give you, like I said, he's got a lot of information and he loves giving you guys some sleeper picks to help your guys' fantasy teams out. So for today, we're going to let Josh give you kind of his you know, all the things that you can find him on and uh, take it from there, Josh. All right, Steve. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at fantasy football advice forum. There I post uh start. I take care of everybody. Start sit questions. I post helpful sleepers throughout the season. I try to do a waiver update every week. You can also find me on Twitter at FF boogeyman and boogeyman FF and uh, get at me folks. Happy to help.
All right, guys. So thank you very much for listening. And as always, check out the website at www.cheatcodesports.com. That's cheatcodesports.com. And you guys know the podcast. So have a good rest of your day, fam. Peace. Thanks, Steve.